Well, welcome to Talk It Out, the show where we discuss the Sunday message. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chase. I'm joined by Jeff. Hello. And Montana. Hello. And uh, today we're talking about prayer. We are. Specifically, prayer. <laughs> specifically, prayer. That's true. It Very just seems kind of general. It's, it's like, oh, yeah. prayer. Yeah. Prayer. But, but we are in this You're Invited series, yeah. and uh, the invitation Jesus gives us is to pray. Right. Uh, but more, and I, I love how Josiah set it up, it's more about an invitation to be connected with God, mm-hmm. and, and that happens through prayer. And so I want to get us kicked off first. Josiah talked about how this was in Matthew chapter 6, Sermon on the Mount. People asking, well, how do you pray? And Josiah said, uh, I would, don't think that's what I would have asked Jesus. I would have said, hey, how do you uh, multiply, you know, like food? And I thought that was funny. So I want to ask you guys, what, if you were asking Jesus to multiply something, what would you ask him? Maybe selfishly. Selfishly? Yeah, don't, you know, I did church it up right World here. peace. World peace. <laughs> um, I think coffee for sure. What kind of coffee? You can't, just beans or grounded beans or... Like, would you make it to where you could grow, you could grow coffee in America? Wow. That kind of thing? So many. I haven't thought that much about it. I think <laughs> that I would just want to always have coffee when I need coffee. Okay. Because like in arms the reach. most frustrating thing in the world to me, that's a bit dramatic, but it, I think it is true in this moment. That's my truth, is when you go to your cupboard <laughs> and you your open cupboard. up. Okay. <laughs> Cabinet. Cupboard. Okay, sure. Okay. Cupboard. You go to your cupboard and there's no coffee. Or mm. like worse, you open up, I have a Cuban coffee. Mm. You open it up and there's none left. And then mm. you're like, oh, sad. I want to die. Oh, wow. Dramatic. <laughs> I told you. That's, that's just who I am. All right. Coffee. That's Jeff? Uh, I would pick, honestly, Nashville hot chicken. Ooh, it's lizards. a delicious meal. And I think it's ridiculous <laughs> that you can only find it in Nashville areas. And I know that Dallas just had a Hattie mm-hmm. B's open up, but uh-huh. that's in Dallas, which still isn't Dallas. common enough for, yeah, it's it true. needs to be a more common thing. And that's just Dallas hot chicken, not Nashville hot chicken. Mm. I've had it. It's great. It feels just like fried chicken that's spicy. That's what I was going to ask. What is, so what is I don't hot understand. chicken? Fried chicken that's spicy is fantastic. I love spicy, <laughs> I love spicy stuff. I, I get it. Why can't you just get that at the KFC? Because <laughs> that's actually not that spicy. Okay. Like Nashville hot, hot chicken. Yeah, I like spicy. Like spicy, spicy. Tears. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Sweats. Sweats. Okay, if I Sweats. were to multiply something, ooh, oh, bangs probably. I just put mine on the floor over here. Like your hair? Uh, that Well, <laughs> honestly, that cut deep, but I would multiply uh, my hairs. Uh, That's I'm actually sure. the real <laughs> answer. <laughs> Well, anyway, now that we know it's on my prayer list. That um, was so funny, Chip. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> I did not mean it. That to be cut me so bad. <laughs> and right before this, Jeff's over here just pushing back his beautiful locks of hair. <laughs> like, oh, my hair. Uh, uh. I put a hat on today because I feel all sad about I'm it. I'm sorry. I no, didn't mean no. it's falling out. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Anyway. He meant Zoe Deschanel. Thanks. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's what I was like. There you, like you go. Growing like the, over your eyes. Right above the All eyebrows. All the way down. Your eyebrow hair grows too, though. And your uh. eyelash hair grows. and just <laughs> Eyelash hair. Yeah. Your eyelashes, your eyelashes are hair. And I need those to grow back too, apparently. That's true. Chase, like wait, this mine is off. a side note. Chase burnt his eyelashes the other day cooking a brisket. I hope you can get a close-up I shot. Don't, I don't think There's I like did, these little white tips at the end. Hmm. From I highlighted burnt. the ends. 
to get full effect of my <laughs> blinking and winking. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's just you edit it out. So prayer. <laughs> We're talking about prayer today. And uh, this whole message was set up on the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, Jeff, please recite the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread mm-hmm. and forgive us of our trespasses mm-hmm. as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory. Lead us not into temptation. Oh, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. For thine, thine is the kingdom. Amen. That's yep. the best line. Which one? For thine is Which, the kingdom what? and the power and the glory. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk it out. That line was actually added in later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I When I learned the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. it was just our father because I grew up Catholic and we didn't say that. Yeah. We didn't say that one. Yeah. That, I don't remember but when, but that was added in at some point as like a common ending of a prayer worship kind of moment. Like it was added into the Bible or it was, it was added as that is what's was, encompassing the Lord's prayer. It was added into the Bible. It's confusing. Okay. But I think it, it usually comes with a little asterisks on the bottom. Correct. Those little like, Correct, because it was a common phrase that would have been used, but I don't think was originally written in. Like maybe Jesus didn't actually say that. Correct. Oh, yeah. So interesting. it's interesting. There you go. Side note. That's why you listen to talk it out. Mm. You learn some things. But I do want to talk <laughs> about um, Josiah asked some questions at the top mm-hmm. of the message, and he said, I'm not going to answer those for you. Uh, but I want us to talk. So we will. So we will. <laughs> no, because I, I don't think we can, but I, I want us to talk about because the <clears> tension <throat> of what keeps us from getting to the message that we heard of like getting to prayer is some of these questions. And I think if you were to walk down the street and ask someone about, you know, a random person who may not be a Christian about prayer, these are some of the things I think they would ask. And so I want to kind of, you know, wrestle with these today, struggle with them a little bit. Josiah asked, and this one's an easy, I say it's an easy one, is prayer more for God or for us? So I want to ask that one first. What do y'all think? Is prayer more for God or more for us? I mean, and I think it's definitely more for us. Like, what does God need? He doesn't need us to do anything. Okay. But the opportunity that we get to pray for us to just grow closer to Him, I think. It's a little bit more for us. In prayer, God asks us to make our passions known, our heart known to Mm -hmm. Him. And I think that kind of leads to a little bit of us letting us know Revealing to us where our heart's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, just because in prayer, we start asking for things. And then I think just very naturally, we kind of come back to, well, why do I need that? Why do I need that? Why do yeah. I want that? And so prayer, I think it's for us. It's our way of communicating. It's our kind of tool of connection mm-hmm. where if we're picking like a buzzword, we kind of talked about this yesterday too. I did, I guess. Like worship is more for God. Like that's really a gift that we give him, which seems kind of weird to say it that way, but it, it, it is. Like when we choose to be a living sacrifice and we choose to sing praises and we choose to to live our life in that way, like that is us saying, God, I, I don't have much to give, but what I do have to give is my life and, and I want to worship you with it. And so to me, worship's really for God. Prayer, I think, is for us. Like you said, Jeff, it's that realigning tool where, you know, we start praying about your daily bread, which we've talked about a lot on, on this podcast that's when you really figure out what do I really, really need? Yeah. And has God already provided that? Mm-hmm. And and I think it does. It helps us to correct ourselves. It helps us to realign kind of our, uh, the way we think and the, the goals and the things we've set in front of us. And so, yeah, I think prayer is a great tool for us. 
Josiah asks next, does God answer all prayers? Isn't there a country song where it's like, yes, but sometimes the answer is no. Ooh. I think that's that a, country is a country song. song. Yeah. I think Garth Brooks <laughs> saying some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Yeah. <laughs> Garth Brooks just got mentioned <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Billy Carrington over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, does God answer all prayers? Clearly not. Yeah. You could pray yeah. right now for a donkey to show coffee. up. Coffee. My coffee cup is empty. And, like, yeah, but show up. I don't know. So I was thinking random. something like really random. <laughs> but that's simple answer. Yeah, no, he doesn't, clearly. Like anyone could know that. I think the question is like, Why? Jesus says, hey, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Sometimes I think that feels like a free ticket to just pray about anything, and why don't we get it? Yeah. Let me ask that. (laughs) What do you think? That was one of the hardest lessons that I kind of had to learn, Mm. and it's actually something that you see in the Bible quite often, is people asking God, why are you doing this thing this way? Like it happens in Job. It happens in Habakkuk where people are kind of crying out to God. His response is just pretty much like, hey— who are you to question me? I'm the one who put the foundations of the earth in place. And so I think where Jesus kind of, I liked how Josiah said in the message, everything kind of goes to the the filter of Jesus. Mm, yeah, That's kind of the reply sometimes is that God has this overarching ability to see everything, to know everything. And if you put that through the filter of Jesus, you understand that he cares for you and he loves you. And so you might not know why he's doing things a certain way, mm-hmm. but there's purpose in the middle of it. Does that make that's sense? Good. Yeah, that does make sense. I think it's, God's will be done, like that's in the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. So if a prayer is not aligning with God's will, mm-hmm. why would it be answered then? So that opens a whole can of worms right there. <laughs> is God's will just going to happen, whether we pray about it or not? I mean, yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't like making can such anything- a hard stance right away, but I think <laughs> to so. To answer your question with a question, can anything happen if God doesn't will it? It's true. Like I know Montana and Josiah and I were having the other day, like— this brings up the idea of free will and what you believe around that. And because like, Jeff, what you just asked, the answer is, if it's no to that, like nothing can happen without God's will, then there's a little then bit of a— bad things happen? Yeah. It, well, it's just a little bit of a decline of we don't really have free will, mm-hmm. that, that when we read predestined through the New Testament, like that can lean towards things are set and yeah. we fall into it. Uh, if you do believe in free will, then then you believe that there may be this— my assumption, my thoughts about, you know, the idea of man having free will is there may be this optimal way of living, mm-hmm. but we have the choice to choose to live that way. Yeah. And we obviously get it wrong sometimes and get it right sometimes, but like, you know, your kingdom come, like that prayer, like there's a kingdom way to do stuff. And our goal is to try to do it that way more often than not. Oh, yeah. yeah. And having the choice to be able to do that, I think that is when, like you're saying, Montana, we can say, what is God's will? Let me ask that. And then let me see, based on what I feel like God's saying to me, which we're going to talk about here in a second, but through, that happens through prayer, I guess, how do I respond then to that call mm-hmm. yeah. to, to live that way? I think prayer is, is a topic that I think brings a lot of those questions up. I think where I get worried, and I say worried, kind of, like when I get worried about some of these questions is because I feel like it can be uninviting. It can yeah. be like a slam, you know, slam the door because— God's all-powerful. He does what he wants. You don't really got to do anything. You can't do anything, and you don't have to do anything kind of deal. Like, you're not as powerful, and, you know, nothing you can do, so you might as well just sit around and let stuff happen. Yeah. Like, we don't see that in Scripture. Like, you—I love some of the examples you brought up, Jeff, in the Old Testament, because 
there were times where people cried out to God and and he said, okay, like I hear your prayer. I'm yeah. not gonna destroy that entire country. I think about even Lot trying to get out. God, like, let me get my family out yeah. of there. Okay, great, get out, but don't turn back. Lot's wife's assault now. I think about those things where God, and especially this Old Testament God we, we read about without the immediacy of Jesus entering and mm. being the, the in-between, you know, the sacrifice that makes things perfect for us. That is almost a scary thing to like approach that God, you know, mm. our heavenly father sure. that we read about. But Jesus made that way for all of us. Back then, I think Jesus was still making his way. And we mm-hmm. see, you know, interactions in the Bible of an earthly representation of God that some people would say, well, that was actually Jesus. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't want to go that far today. But this idea that like there is some sort of plan, God has a set of rules that he lives by, a, a kind of code of conduct almost. And throughout the Old Testament, we see people asking for grace. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus come and kind of seal all that up through his own sacrifice. And yeah, you're not going to get it right. No, you're not going to get it perfect. Go and sin no more. Like, it's taken care of. This one's taken care of too. And that one's taken care of. Go and sin no more. Like, this command or this really, like, encouragement of, hey, like, that was bad, but it's been taken care of now. And so there is an invitation, I think, when you receive the new life, when you say yes to Jesus, there's also this invitation to get on the team with Jesus and to yeah. get on the team with the principles of the kingdom and what's happening. And I think where you figure that out for you is through prayer. Like mm-hmm. where you figure, and I say figure that out, like where you where you really attach your heart to the kingdom is through prayer yeah. and, and through those intimate moments of feeling connected to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I think is kind of interesting just with like kind of with how we are today and and honestly the message of what Josiah was talking about, how they go to Jesus and ask him how to pray. Because if you look at the Bible, there's not like this formal before that, there's not this like formal, hey, here's what you need to do and here's how you do it. You just have a bunch of different instances of people crying out to God. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Israelites, whether it's Hagar, they're just kind of crying out to him. And prayer was this normal part of life where you Whenever you felt strife, whenever you felt worship, whatever, you would just call out to God and it was normal. Whereas now it's kind of this like, do you have a prayer time? Mm-hmm. Like you got to pray at this time of day. And so I just think it's interesting that they kind of pull Jesus aside and say, hey, how should we do this? Yeah. And we've kind of taken that and gone, oh, hey, 10 minutes in the morning, I need to make sure I do the Lord's prayer where it's this yeah. more of this intimate kind of relationship with him where you just, however you're feeling in that moment call out to God. Yeah, and, it's it's kind of viewing prayer as not a specific thing that you do, but like a way that you live like yeah. constantly. And, and mm-hmm. prayer means just, to me, a constant communication with God. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's sometimes it's like, wow, this sucks. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Help me. And sometimes it's like, man, thank you. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful right now for whatever is going on. Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give yeah. thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When I think about prayer, I come back to that verse, like pray without ceasing. Like, you know, as a kid, it's like, oh, I walk around with my eyes closed and run into things <laughs> while I'm praying all the time. So goofy. But yeah. I think, Jeff, what you're saying there, that's that. There weren't necessarily rules like you were saying about the specific things of prayer, but there were rules about how you approach the temple, about how yeah. you... Mm-hmm made a sacrifice about how you worshiped. Yeah. Um, and those rules were, they were a lot. <laughs> it 
and we've talked about this, I think, before too. There were so like there are ten commandments that were God-given commandments straight from God's mouth Mm -hmm. to the tablets. And then Moses began to add these other laws, and they're not necessarily bad. Some of them are confusing for us. We don't understand. Uh, Some of them are based off good principles, but they, I mean, ultimately, they're still not, like, coming from God. They're not about, I think, these internal things happening within us that that God set up in the Ten Commandments. They're, They're a way to live as a culture. They're a way to live as the nation of Israel. And so they weren't bad. They weren't necessarily holy. Yeah. <laughs> and so the temple, I think, got to that place of like, there were very good reasons for the things they did. Some of it was just sanitary. It's like, hey, if you do a sacrifice, like clean it up for the next one. Like there were very <laughs> sanitizing laws that keep people yeah. from getting sick while worshiping. But then Jesus comes and he's talking to these people who are used to temple leaders who are, you know, to a point almost, and Jesus talks about this, disciples talk about this, like kind of putting on a show. And, you know, Jesus says, hey, don't go stand on the street corner like the Pharisees shouting your prayers, like yeah. making this this entertaining show about you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm crying out for God's help because all the world's terrible when Pharisees over here were making so much money, hand over fist yeah. off people. And so it's like, don't go do that. He says, go into your, your inner closet. And, and when you do pray, it looks like this. Yeah. And I want to talk about that because Praying without ceasing it goes back to what y'all just said that it's, you know, and I hate to even use these words, but it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. of prayer. But like, <laughs> but it is this constant communication. It, it's yeah. it's not just stopping down for an hour once a week. It could be five minutes a day if that's what helps you, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, wake up in the morning and start your day that way. But it is this constant communication. Like right now, like while y'all are talking, like I can pray and just say, hey, God, Thanks for giving us this opportunity to share, yeah. like to share the gospel with people. When I'm driving, when I'm, you know, by myself, when I'm in a meet, whatever it might be, there's a this constant connection that we get now because mm-hmm. of what Jesus has done. And, and I learned this a few years ago. I learned about this thing called centering prayer. As I started to look at, you know, the thing, the life of David and look in Psalms and then look at what Jesus was saying uh, and kind of reading more about it, like centering prayer is not as weird as it sounds probably, but it's this idea of, kind of this personal, intimate moment of connecting typically around a word. And so you pick a word. It could be God. It could be spirit. It could be Jesus. It could be grace. It could be love. Um, And the idea is that you spend time meditating on that word. And so, and I want us to kind of dive into this as much as we can because we hear, you know, meditate on scriptures. Like, what does that really mean? But the idea that when Jesus says, hey, go into your prayer closet, like go into this secret place, this intimate place, and pray to your Father. The centering prayer tool is really that idea, I think, of connecting alone, intimately with something that you read in the Bible, some sort of word, some sort of phrase, uh, something that points you back to God's word, back to who he is, and then being able to, throughout the day, go back to that phrase or that word. Mm. So like, if it's love, you wake up, you're thinking about God's love, you're meditating, you're you're having thoughts about all the things you know of how you've experienced God's love, about what you've read in the Bible about God's love, the experience that you've had in sharing God's love with someone, you connecting to those moments and then going about your day. And as you go about your day, as you get into an opportunity at work, you know, you see someone struggling, they've had a bad day, you connect back to, hey, God love me and my worst times, I wanna help someone in theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're by yourself and you're driving home and it's been a bad day for you and you can say, okay, I'm centering prayer. Like, I'm gonna go back to that God's love. Like, God loves me. I'm gonna go back to that phrase. I love that concept and it's a fairly simple one, but I think that's what Jesus was showing us is, 
you know, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, whatever it might be, there is this moment of like get alone Mm -hmm. and plug back in, like get connected, realign your heart and your mind. But that moment itself is private. It's not for a show. You don't go do it in front of a bunch of people to show how holy you are. It is such an important moment because as you pray without ceasing throughout the rest of your day, you can go back to that moment. I want to kind of hear from you guys, maybe putting you on the spot, but like, what does your prayer life look like? How does the rhythm of prayer operate right now in the season of life you're in today? I think that the current season I'm in, I have probably have the strongest prayer life I've had. I think a lot of times I was very confused about what prayer, all these questions that we kind of talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. I felt really strongly like, what's the point of my prayers? Like, why do I even need to do this? Sometimes it just makes me feel bad because I grew up thinking prayer was only like, please forgive me for all the ways I've messed up. And like, that doesn't make me feel connected to God. That makes me feel distant from God. And though though confession is a important part of prayer, Mm -hmm. when it's the only thing, that's where it wasn't wasn't so good for my soul. But now I think I spend most of my time praying, honestly, usually in the car or Mm -hmm. outside. I like to spend a lot of time outside by myself, usually around sunset. Like I try to make it a routine and I get so (laughs) frustrated every time (laughs) that I can't be home before. And now the sun is getting, the sunset is happening soon. The days are getting shorter. And I got so frustrated the other day because I was like, no, I just need to be home just in time for sunset. It kind of was like a moment of like, okay, you don't need to have the sunset to pray, but whatever. I'll spend time outside, and I usually am starting with gratitude. And and for me, it's very practical. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sitting, I have this special little sheet that's like we used to paint on, but Mm -hmm. I've used it now to be my outside blanket. (laughs) And it's just like, God, thank you for— letting me just sit here right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm so, so thankful that I don't need to be so busy that I can have this time. And so I'll start with something like that and then go into what I need. And 90% of my prayers, I'm asking for obedience. That's the number one thing I think of is, God, I just want to be obedient to your will. I don't care what that looks like in my life. Like what I do know is that I trust you way more than I trust myself, mm-hmm. obviously. I only want to live in accordance with what is going to be best for me, which is which is in obedient to what God's Word says, what He says about me, what He says about how I should live, how I should think and act. And so most of my prayers are, are not so need-specific, but more just like, I don't care what my life looks like. I just want to be obedient. Like mm-hmm. so, Mine is—it's weird. It's kind of twofold. So I kind of keep mine— this is what sounds weird. It's it's a little bit in my head and a little bit I say out loud, mm-hmm. but it's I've taken kind of all the formality out of it. Mm-hmm. There's not like I don't do openings and closings where it's like, dear God, dear or God. amen. But I'll just find myself throughout the day where it's like, I'll say, you know what I need right now, or help me see what, you, what you're doing in this situation. Thank you for how you've provided for my family, that kind of a thing. And I've learned like just for me, doing that throughout the day, kind of helps me be in tune to what he might be doing around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect at it, but I like it because it gives me those reminders throughout the day. So that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is we have a nightly prayer, and I'm sure you know what this is like, where it's like we're kind of teaching prayer mm-hmm. to a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we pray for Buzz and we pray for Woody. Uh, <laughs> so sweet. But just that time to like kind of teach my son like, hey, 
we're talking, it's so hard to get this into a toddler, but like we're talking to somebody who is real, who is here, and he listens to the desires of our heart. And so we're going to sit down and put our hands together and we're going to ask for things and say thank you for things. Um, and I don't think he's got it quite yet, but it's okay. <laughs> we're okay. working on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zeke. about you, Chase? You know, Jeff and I are in similar seasons. And so I, I love Montana what you said because when I was your age, when I was in that season, like it did look different. And I think I think that I probably spent more time, like if we're counting the, mm-hmm. the hours up in prayer or worship. It, you know, it was also easy too when I was on, you know, at Bible college and that's just yeah. what's what you do for fun. And so <laughs> that's just, yeah, oh, let's have an all night prayer. Woohoo. <laughs> that sounds awful right now. If I'm being really honest, I'm going to be a bad Christian now. But I was literally thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, man, we would, we would go and it'd be like worship and prayer and it would start at like 10 p.m. and we'd be done by 6 a.m. Oh. But then oh. everyone would just go sleep for six hours. You know, and it was like, why couldn't we just do this during the day? <laughs> why, why did we have to do it overnight? Anyway, yeah, I, so I think with with three kids, like time alone is just, it's in the car. That's it. Yeah. So it's driving to work or from work to go pick them up. And I do think that Jesus, and we'll talk about this in a second, like there's that kind of model, you know, big, big block model from mm-hmm. the Lord's Prayer specifically that he gives. And we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, I think I think the rhythm is those moments like that moments before I go to bed of looking back on the day of Mm -hmm. gratitude when I do have a chance, like a longer chance where I'm not driving, um, but I'm able to kind of separate and and be alone and just be still, you know, that that idea of prayer closet that Jesus talks about that that's culturally relevant to a home that you would see uh, for the disciples, for the people that were listening to him. Uh, And so it's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be a closet, but I think it's a space that, is intimate, that is quiet, that's not visible to a bunch of people. And so for me, sometimes it's the back porch finally cooling off. And so like at night, it it might just be sitting there, you know, strange getting ready for bed and doing whatever and just by myself, like sitting on the back porch quietly Mm -hmm. and and doing some of the things that y'all talked about. You know, with our kids, we kind of done both. And like you said, Jeff, teaching a toddler, that's where I look at the big blocks of of the Lord's Prayer. So Montaigne kind of talked about like worship, like Mm -hmm. this— gratitude for who God is, mm-hmm. this recognition of, you know, how will be your name, like the holiness, the separateness of everything in the universe compared to him and just how great that he is. And the idea of worshiping that person who then calls us to such a better life, like like that stirs something in me. Then that goes to, hey, give us this day our daily bread. So like there's a presentation of needs. Like, yeah. hey God, I'm I'm struggling with this. But so often, like like Jeff said earlier at the beginning, when we when we spend some time just worshiping and recognizing God, the daily bread list kind of changes. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's a good thing. So I think that's why it's important. Like worship helps, I think, work some of the selfishness out of us. Mm-hmm. When we when we worship, we we take the focus off ourselves. We focus on who God is. We focus on the good things he gives us. And then our daily list changes a little bit. And all of a sudden we can put up with some stuff. And all of a sudden we don't really need everything we think we need. And so that needs almost gets a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. I find it to be formula. Like the longer I spend in worship, the less I think I need. And if you feel like you just are never getting enough and stuff's never enough in your life, like maybe spend some time worshiping more yeah. and see if your needs list kind of shrinks. But there's still needs. And we pray for those needs. We, you know, we pray for our enemies, like, Leads not into temptation, delivers from evil. Jesus says, hey, beyond just that, like pray for your enemies too, uh, which is a struggle. But then there's this kind of final closeout, like 
yours is the kingdom. Like mm-hmm. it's still worship again. It's still gratitude. It's still thankfulness for being for being alive, for being called, uh, for being connected with him, for being connected with good people. And so it's kind of a worship sandwich, really, I would say. <laughs> uh, and so with Daisy, that's, you know, we we kind of say, hey, what, what are you, what's one thing you're grateful for today? And she always says, nothing. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't believe that. Say we're working on it. But, yeah. but we'll pick something. And it could be, you know, I'm thankful for dinner. I'm thankful that, you know, I got to do show and tell today. I'm yeah. thankful for listening to music in the car. Finding something for her to be, you know, to be grateful around. And then we also, like, just personally, like, hey, who do you want to pray for today? Yeah. Outside of you and I, our family, like, who can we pray for? And she'll say, you know, her grandma or her friend or, you know, her teacher. She'll, like, pick somebody um, and we'll pray for them. And then and then we pray for the things we need. And we also talk about, you know, kind of help her see how grateful we should be for what we have. And, and that's changed. You know, she's four and a half years old. And so— you know, the things we have now are different than the things we had when she was four or, you know, mm-hmm. one. And so just like the the idea of seeing how grateful that we should be and we should live from that, not in an obligation way, because that yeah. won't go well. <laughs> just reminding her like, hey, you didn't have that before. Now you do. Like, hey, you you didn't have that friend last year. Now you do. Like just the the gratefulness that really, that, that, that we should have, that we we get to experience. And so yeah. That that I think is something that even just for me having to teach that, it's like the idea of like, if you want to learn something, you have to, you know, go teach it. Yeah. But teaching that to her is a reminder to me. Like yeah. it really is that simple. Because there's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, if, if we play the same game with us, there's a lot of stuff that we start to realize. Like, I mean, just the idea of the daily bread and especially if you're praying at the end of the day, you realize like, oh, hey, I got through today and I got everything I needed. And then you start to expand it a little bit and like God's provided for me up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so just like with that, if you sit back and go, what is one thing I'm thankful for today? Yeah, You'll start to realize and see new things. And honestly, I think personal opinion, that's God communicating back with you, revealing his blessing to you. Yeah, that's good. So Jeff, what would you say, I think, to someone and, and maybe kind of five best tips for prayer? <laughs> like, And I say Jeff, both of y'all, all of us, but like, what, what are some things you would encourage someone all, from like, and let's start, like someone who maybe doesn't, you know, they would say, oh, I don't, I don't pray often, mm-hmm. but I want to. Yeah. Like, where would you encourage them to start? And then let's talk about, like, people who've been praying for a long time. Like, what are some things that, that I mean, y'all have done, we've done. We would encourage people to keep prayer fresh, to keep prayer in front of us. To it, Yes, it's a discipline, but also, like, disciplines don't have to, to be mundane. They don't have to be an obligation. They can get there. So how do you keep those things fresh? So let's start with the easy one, though. Like, how do you start? you know, praying. I think the first thing to do is to eliminate this kind of voice in your head that there are good prayers and there are bad prayers. Uh, I think it just kind of naturally stems from who we are. And whenever we hear people pray out loud at the end of it, I even do this. We're like, oh, that's a good prayer, (laughs) which means like you can do a prayer that's not so good. (laughs) Uh, And so you eliminate that voice and then just allow yourself to understand you're talking to God and you don't have to, it's not, he's not the king of England. You know, he's not asking you to, to, yeah, he's not asking you to make this like formal plea where you got to say the words the right way or he'll be offended and Mm -hmm. kick you out of the court. Uh, But he just says that he wants to hear from you. And so all you have to do is just talk to him. I've had prayers before where I literally just say, God, you know, Uh, what I'm saying is, you know how I'm feeling, you know what I need, Mm. you know, and the Holy Spirit takes that and communicates it to God for me. That right there, it's two words, but it's a good prayer mm-hmm. because just communicating with him is what he wants. Yeah. I think very 
very similar to that. I would say the the best thing to do if you don't know how to pray or maybe even feel a little bit awkward in prayer is take away the judgment. Just mm-hmm. like what you what you said, Jeff. Like I think take away the self judgment of like, uh, this feels kind of weird, or what if I do it wrong? Like all of that you're saying. Take away the judgment that it needs to be a certain length or have certain words or look a certain way because I find myself a lot of times rambling. Like I'm just going and going and going. And by the end, I'm like, what was I even saying? Like <laughs> I think that if it, that was recorded and played back to me, it would be like that was literally nonsense. But that's okay too. Like it doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't – the judgment side of it doesn't matter what it looks like. So I'm very practical – literal person. So I almost think of it like I'm in a therapy session. Like, okay, let me just get into it. And like, let me really dig into why I'm saying this. And a lot of times I'll say something like this morning I was praying and then I was like, oh, kind of feel that little nudge of like, that was a prayer actually asking for control. Even though, you know, my like I said earlier, my whole thing that Mm -hmm. I pray about so much is like, I don't want to have control. Mm -hmm. I know the control is yours, God. And so even in the middle of my prayer, I like what you said earlier as well. Like I think that is God communicating back to me of being like, all right, this is what you're asking, but this is what you need, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think just be open to like, yeah, talk a lot, talk a little. I don't know, just talk. I would encourage if you don't, and we kind of all have said this a little bit, but like find, a, and I don't, I don't want to say a time because I oh, have five minutes. Well, now you're putting <laughs> a timer and whatever, but like find a time, like yeah. find a space it could be a literal space in your in your house. It could be for you, like an outside, like a park, a spot, um, a, a time in your schedule. Like find a time, find a space that you can dedicate to that. Because I think uh, when you when you have to set something, when you physically like, oh, I have to go to this spot, or oh, I have to you know put something in my calendar. Like I've got to make a spot. Then I think you'll actually do those things. And so the consistency of of having that moment. And and the thing is, you do have control. Like you do have control of, of your time. Yeah. And so if it's lunch, when we know someone who goes and sits in their car at lunch and just gets away from everyone, like if you got to go do that for five minutes, you know, you go have lunch with people and then go sit in your car for five minutes before you go back into work. If it's waking up literally five minutes earlier, like some sort of thing that you can say, okay, here's my dedicated spot. And maybe it stretches into an hour. Maybe it's only two minutes because I got to run. But like just having that thing of like, I know I can come to this spot and this is where I'm going to do everything y'all just talked about. This is where I'm going to ramble. This is where I'm going to start with gratitude. This is where I'm going to just talk to God starting there. And then as you do that, like Jeff, as you say, you know, as you grow and learn and just keep doing it, you start to learn what it means to really pray without ceasing. You start to learn what it means to come back to that prayer throughout the day. And I think that's where you, people use the language like, oh, my prayer life is great. Like, that's where I think you grow in prayer and you yeah. you feel you feel more connected with God is as you continue to practice that. Yeah. But I think having that spot in the beginning of knowing Oh, at night before I go to bed, I take five extra minutes and I turn the TV off and mm-hmm. sit there in silence and and pray. Like something I think can help sort of spur that on. This is kind of a side note, but I do feel like it's also important to talk about your prayers with others because oh. I know that when my prayer life, quote unquote, prayer life is better, it's usually through the help of others. Like I'll, I'll hear someone say, oh, I was praying the other day or I was I was doing this. And like a lot of times people say, I was thinking about this. And if you can reframe like thinking to be praying, 
Like that is a game changer. Cause and I want to talk about that right now. So Jeff just mentioned this a second ago about the, you know, God's spirit taking those petitions, those prayers to God. So Romans 8 is where kind of the key verse of that. Uh, Romans 8, 26 says this. I just swiped too far. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit also helps our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He, that big he, like God who searches the hearts knows what the Spirit is because they're the same uh, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So this little segment here, Romans 8, 26 through 27 really sums up everything we've talked about, like realigning back to the will of God. We don't know the will of God, Mm -hmm. but God's spirit in us, like Jesus said, hey, I'm gonna go back to the Father and the spirit of God's gonna come and he's going to dwell with you. God's spirit in us helps intercede for us, helps that thinking that you just said. Mm -hmm. Like, and this is what, you know, this is kind of another tip and trick too. What do you think about? Mm -hmm. What are your prayers about? Because sometimes we hear, oh, I heard from God. When really it's like, well, was it a loud booming voice? Usually not. Yeah. 99.99% <laughs> of the time it's not. Mm-hmm. Not saying that doesn't happen, but that's just not how it normally happens, yeah. most likely. But our thoughts sometimes aren't our thoughts. It can yeah. be God speaking to us. And we've used this filter here at Cross Timbers before and, and pathways and things we've done in the past. But like, how do I know if I'm hearing from God, if it's my thought, if it's, you know, the enemy's thoughts that we read about, or if it's God's thoughts? And I I we always had this filter we used of the thing you're thinking about, the thought that you just had, does that thought bring shame? Is that something that pushes you away? It says, mm-hmm. you know, like you talked about confession, Montana, like, oh, I'm just so bad. Like I did this bad. I did that bad. I'm just a bad person. All right, God, I'm bad. I, I've I've killed myself with badness now. I get it. <laughs> does that thought or, or, you know, thinking producing shame or is this, hey, I did this wrong or, hey, this thing isn't right. Like, I, f- I don't feel good about that yeah. and I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. I want to see God fix it. I want to I want to come back to him. I want to bring this thing to him. And, and guilt kind of draws us back in. And Jesus said, hey, God's spirit is going to come and he's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to call people back to, to God the Father. Like, that sounds so big and scary, but it's this idea of like, God's spirit helps keep us in check. It yeah. helps remind us, hey, that that was God's will and that wasn't. Yeah. Hey, when you did that thing, that really wasn't a representation of God's kingdom. Hey, go fix it with that person. Go reconcile. Or, and I think outside of our own problems, like, hey, that thing you saw and you didn't like it, like you saw that person be mean to that person and you felt that guilt and I should do something. Mm-hmm. Like that's God's spirit interceding, saying, hey, go go fix that thing. Go make that right. And so I, I love both of what y'all just said there because this verse, these two verses sum up that. I love this line of the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Like sometimes we really don't know. We're in such a deep valley. We're in such a painful point of our life. And we just like, we see in David, like just woe is me. Like we don't have the words to say, but the spirit does. Like he knows he, God who searches our hearts is in line with God's spirit that is inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's it's weeping. Sometimes it's silence. It's just brokenness, but it's, in that moment of, God, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to sit here with you. I'm just going to sit here in silence with you because I'm in such pain. Like those hard, hard moments, God's spirit is there interceding for you, right? Like standing in the gap for you, taking what you can't say to God. And he knows your heart and he's going to help. And then the other half of it, more productive, like you're saying, is just the thinking. Like, okay, God, like that thought feels like that's from you. Like, hey, I should go do this with my life or I should take this opportunity 
I'm not hearing a no. Like I'm not feeling a stop. I'm not feeling a, a, a negative thought. I'm not feeling a shame about, you know, making that decision. Okay, maybe that decision is God saying, make that decision. Let's go do it. And, and I think that's where that connection, prayer is connecting with God's spirit. That that y'all just said, that's really what it is. That is God's spirit in us, helping us correct our wrongs and helping us choose God's will. It sounds crazy, but like, picking a job. Like you can have mm-hmm. job A or job B. God's will is probably not specifically attached to one of those jobs. Yeah. It's attached to you. Can you look like the kingdom better in job A or job B? Whatever one it is, pick it. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> if that job's in California or Florida, probably doesn't matter. Maybe yeah. God's saying pick job A in California because it's better or pick job B in Florida because it's better. But it's not a better job sometimes. It's because you can be a better follower in those spots. And yeah. so that's where that thinking, I think, Montaigne, you just mentioned, comes into play. Like thinking is not unholy yeah, because he's in you. Mm-hmm. So it has yeah. to be holy because yeah. he's part of it. I think that's where it comes back to, and I always want to tell people this when it comes to that idea of hearing from God. If your heart is to do his will, mm-hmm. which is what you're praying, whether you heard correctly or you didn't, but your your heart's saying, I want to do your will. That's the thing that I think God honors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the goal anyways. That's where I find myself in the like the hardest spots is I'm like, I just want to do God's will. I just want to do it. And then like that was me this morning. I was like, I just want to do your will. And then it was like, am I, now I'm trying to do God's will. Wait, <laughs> wait, what's happening? Like it confused me. I got confused in my own prayer. Uh, but it's like, I felt reminded if my like God knows my desire and yeah. if my if truly my desire is to just be with him then then I'm going to be with him like yeah. you know it's it's not that complicated it's good it's really good well thanks so much for for joining us like we said share this with someone take some of those tips put them into practice read Romans 8 26 and 27 and just know like you can pray without ceasing. Like I I said this Sunday, like we're all worshipers. We're all prayers too. Like you are a person of prayer. We get to decide, do we pray without ceasing or are we growing in that or not? And and so I want to invite you to keep praying. Keep praying for your needs. Keep praying for other people's needs. Start with worship and watch as your life will change. Watch as your prayers will change. Watch as your response and reaction to people will change. You really are. You are invited to pray. I want to invite you to pray today. Uh, We hope you, you enjoyed this. Like I said, hope you share this with someone and we'll see you next time on Talk It Out. 